Okay, Parshas Bereshis. This is uh, very exciting because um, I rarely ever get, get to give a, a, a shear on, on this portion because usually people are still on vacation and no one's doing anything. But now with Zoom and, and COVID, you know, there's no real, you know, no real stopping, no real starting. So it's great. I just was discussing with someone today. They said, can I summarize? We're supposed to learn the, the weekly Torah portion together. We get together and uh, we learn like 10 feet apart. And uh, today we got into some whole moral discussion and we had a minute left till we had to leave. And he says, Rabbi, can you summarize the Parsha in like one minute? And it's a packed Parsha. But uh, I think if, if we could summarize it, it's actually Rashi. Uh, I believe it's the first Rashi in the Parsha, discusses uh, why do we even care? There's no laws. There's uh, some laws referenced, but, you know, the, the Torah is a book of direction. Uh, why do we even need, need this information that there was a creation, there was a genesis? And um, Rashi says a number of reasons, but the one I wanted to share before we, we jump into a few little... Uh, ideas in the Parsha, is that there's no such thing as morality if there's no creator. If there's no creator, then ultimately um, there's no no reason why I'm any more right than you. Uh, there's no there's no real reason not to do anything. Uh, in fact, uh, we uh, were, we were discussing this person was was discussing was discussing with me. His mother told him that she's getting older. And if she's ever needs to go on life support, she does not want to go on life support. So this person asked me, you know, what does the Torah say about that? And I said, unfortunately, many doctors will say, uh, many people will say, many ethicists will say, well, it's, uh, it's cruel sometimes. And I'm not saying there's never a time and place where um, Judaism would say to not prolong a life. But in general, the the MO is that we try to keep people alive. And the truth is that if you don't believe in a world to come and you don't believe in a God, then really it is cruel. Why should the person suffer uh, needlessly? But if you believe that the world was created and you believe that the world has a purpose and there's a world to come, then every second, every millisecond on this planet is uh, is priceless. So it's actually the cruelest thing in the world you could do is deprive someone of being in this world. Yes, I think it was in 2008 was when Sheldon Adelson, famous Jewish philanthropist, found one of the founders of Birthright. So I believe in 2008, he took his famous, uh, his company, his real estate company, public. And he, they say... He, I think he became one of the top five wealthiest people in the country. And, and he was making a million dollars an hour. So he went for a jog, made a million dollars. Took a nap, made a million dollars. Can you can imagine if you would say to Sheldon Adelson, you know, can I take away an hour of yours? He wouldn't think about it. He'd be horrible. He wouldn't do anything. So that so this week's part the fact that we that there is a God, there is a Creator, which and all the natural consequences of that, which means life has meaning, is the whole basis for the whole Torah. 
The whole basis for trying to live a, a, a productive, high-level life is only if this is true, because all other um, moralities, they all, at a certain point, they end. Okay, so in chapter one, obviously, we really, there's so much to talk about here, but uh, I'm going to try to point out eight, eight uh, little ideas. So in chapter one, verse 27, famous verse, but, uh, let's say the English. So God created man in his image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Famous thing, but Salam human beings are, Adam was created in the image of God. What is the image of God? No, I mean, you, most of us, including myself, you don't think about it too much. No, God is not a physical thing. He created physicality. He created uh, limitations. God's without limitation. It kind of boggles our mind, and we're not supposed to think about it too much because it'll make you go insane. But, so what does that mean, image of God? So, there's a famous, uh, I believe it's a Jerusalem Talmud piece. I think it's a famous line. Rabbi Kiva says his famous thing, love your neighbor as yourself. This is uh, this is a big rule in the in the in the Torah. That's very famous. What's not so famous is the next line. I think it's very not famous. Ben Azai. What does Ben Azai say? He says, I disagree with Rabbi Kiva. I'll tell you an even better line from this Pasuk. The, what's even more important than the line of, of love your neighbor as yourself is that God created man in his image, in God's image. What does that mean? How is that greater? How is that a greater uh, rule of thumb than love your neighbor as yourself? So, I forgot who said it. But listen to this. I think they, perhaps the, I think the Chavetz Chaim may have may have pointed this out. That you know, unfortunately, you know, even people with the best self-esteem, the best way of looking at themselves, we all have times when we don't feel good about ourselves. So, if I'm trying to treat you and love you the way love your neighbor as yourself. So that has its limitations, because the great, even the greatest person is, quote-unquote, only so much worthy of respect. And certainly the amount of respect that any person will feel about themselves will have its limitations at any point in time. But, so, but if you see like Benazai, Benazai says, no, 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 no. Remember, eat, don't treat other people like they're you, like they're you, another person. Each, the reason why a person is deserving of respect and deserving of love is because they're like God. Now, God's always perfect, and that is the value that each person has, and that is the reason. That is the reason why any person who ever crossed the planet can always feel amazing about themselves. Now you have to learn more about it understand what does it mean to be in the image of God. But that's the reason. That is the reason why human life is so important, 
why everyone uh, <laughs> um, everyone is so is, is deserving of this tremendous amount of respect because otherwise why should a human being be deserving of such respect many human beings don't act so respectful we're kind of weak physically we're kind of pathetic when it comes morally sometimes you know you can take a, there's almost nothing about us that is in in and of itself that flattering but says Ben Azai reminds us in the very beginning of the Torah Hashem tells us there is something about you that's godly and we're going to talk about that a little bit right now but the, but the, but the first point is point number one is when I look at someone else I need to see the godliness in them and I'm reading now I'm almost finished it it's a fantastic book I mentioned it the other night um, about Rebbitz and Esther Jungreis. Incredible woman. I mean, every time I read a page or two on there, it's just it's incredible. <laughs> Excuse me. And if you read what the common thread in many of her stories is that she was able to do this instantly. She would meet you, man, woman, wherever you were on the social, economic, religious scale spectrum, and she saw the essence of you. She saw the spirituality in you, the godliness in you. And that, and that's why everyone felt this tremendous respect that she had for them. And, and that's what we're looking for. That's what we're looking for in other people. And uh, it starts with ourselves to find that, uh, that godliness and spirituality in, in ourselves. So what exactly, and more, spe more specifically, what are we looking for? So, the Chavetz Chaim, and many ideas that, that you're going to find that are going to talk about the value of a person, the Chavetz Chaim has made many of them famous because he's trying to get people to, to think nicely about other people. So he says the, es the essence of image of God, the essence of Tzalem Elohim, is the ability to give. So you see, animals... Um, animals don't really have the ability to give because they don't really have the ability um, to, uh, to choose. You only can give if it's a choice. Animals don't really have choice. They have reactions. They, um, they have knee-jerk responses. So to be like God, human beings have the ability to give which means olam chesed The essence of being a human being and the essence of the purpose of this world is chesed, is kindness. And that's, according to, on its simplest level, what being a tzalem alokim is, the same way God's able to give, which is the whole reason the world is here, God wanted to give. Our godliness is that we're able to give. And the more a person gives, the more godly they feel, the more they're getting in touch with that. The more a person is a taker, the more you take, the less godly they feel and the less respect you have. When people see people who give, they respect that person because they're seeing the godliness in them. When a person's a taker, you see less of the godliness in them. What's a giver? What's a taker? So someone could, could be giving and be taking. Someone could be taking and be giving. Now, one of the uh, we're supposed to learn from Hashem. 
how does Hashem give? Hashem is Poseach es Yodecha Hashem, op- we ask Hashem to open up His hand and satisfy to each person its the, its its will, its desires. Hashem is able to give me what I need, and you what you need, and everyone what they need, and every species on the planet what it needs, because He understands. Because He didn't have to work, He He understands. But is His essence as He understands, because He understands me. He gives me what I need. We're supposed to learn from that, that a big part of chesed, a big part of kindness, is we have to take the time, because we're not God, God just knows. Since we're not God, we have to take the time to try to understand people in general, to try to be a better, develop the, those muscles of understanding people, and specific, to take the time to understand especially people that we're closest to, but really anybody, person supposed to exercise that muscle, and then you're able to do chesed properly. Famous, let's say a few famous stories. Famous story, I believe, is with um, the Briskarov, I think it was in Rabbi Yosher Bear, um, in Europe. So a woman comes to him right before Pesach and asks him, Famous question, we have the four cups by the Seder. She says, are you allowed to use milk for the four cups of the Seder? And he tells her, sure, no problem. And then he gives her, uh, I don't know, $500. On the way out, his student, his character, his, his attendee says, I don't understand. She just asked you a question. She didn't even ask you for anything. Why did you give her $500? So he famously answered, he said, think about it. She's a religious woman. She keeps kosher. Why would anyone be having milk for their four cups of wine? The last two cups are after you eat the main meal. You're going to be, you, you, you're going to be fleshing. You can't eat milk and meat together. Obviously, said the Briskarov, she doesn't have money for a regular meal. She needs... He, he listened, he paid attention, and he was able to do the chesed because he paid attention. Another uh, famous story, the stories many of us have heard of, Chazanish, the famous leader uh, in Israel when the state was established. So one time the woman went to him, she had some major need and she wanted him to pray. And uh, the Chazonish is not a Hasidic rabbi. He's a Lithuanian rabbi. And he said, sure, of course I'll pray for you. For whatever it's worth. And she then takes out whatever it was, a few few shkolim, and she gave it to him. And he usually didn't take money. It's not, it's not, it wasn't his thing. It's more like a Hasidic thing. There's reasons why. And uh, she left. And the caretaker, his attendant, said, says, Rabbi, you never take money. Why do you take money? He said, because she wanted to feel, she wanted to, she needed that to give that money for her dignity. She didn't want to feel like she's a Nabal because she's taking, she wanted to feel like she paid for something. So I took the money as a way of giving to her. He was in touch, he paying attention, he was in tune. 
Ty, Ty took a lifetime to develop that uh, sensitivity. Another short one, the, the Chabina, Chabina Rebbe, in, uh, I believe he was in Amer- America shortly after the war, and um, genius, like the likes, I mean, he was like, you know, in the stratospheres of Moshe Feinstein, like, you know, he was one of the big leaders, the big halachic deciders, decisors. And this person used to come to him and tell him all of his uh, quote-unquote genius pearls of Torah, and he was a long-winded and took up his time, and really was nothing of substance there. And one time someone asked him, he said, Rabbi, you're a genius, and the amount of time that he spent telling you his Torah, you could have uh, done who knows what. And he said, I'm not, I'm not listening to him for, for Torah learning. I have to do chesed. That's kindness. You know what a kindness that is to him? That the great that, that I, he can go tell someone, or even the fact that he himself took the time to 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 uh, to, to listen to him. So sometimes you may th- think to yourself, when you're spending time with someone, you're listening to someone, whatever it might be, is you quote unquote wasting time. Now there could be a time and a place there it's 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 not 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 uh, not the right thing, but very often <coughs> It could be a uh, tremendous kindness to uh, to someone. Okay, so let's uh, let, let's move on. Chapter two, verse seven. So much, so much here. It says another famous idea about the formation of man. Verse seven. It says, "God formed man of dust from the ground, and he blew into his nostrils the soul of." Life and man became a living being. Last uh, few words. After God blew, whatever that means, blew, uh, it simply means he blew his soul into him. Man became a nefeshchaya, a living thing. What does it mean, uh, became a living thing? Nefeshchaya. So I believe Uncleus, famous uh, commentary on the side of most uh, Chumashim, he says that it's referring to the ability to speak, the uniqueness that God endowed with this blowing into us. Part of that, because animal, there's spirituality. Everything in this world has spirituality. Blades of grass of spirituality. We see that in the Parsha. The celestial, the, the sun, the moon, the blades of grass, the trees. There's a bunch of Rashis. Talk all about it. There's anything, anything in this world has a spiritual correspondent. So spirituality is, is everywhere. What's unique about us, according to what, what happened when there was this uh, blowing into the nostrils of Adam, the soul of life, What's the soul of life, according to Uncleus and other commentaries? The ability to speak. Now you'll say monkeys can speak, parrots can speak. They, I'm sure you can speak to any scientists. The, the, the creative ability to speak the way we do is uh, monkey see, monkey do. They used to use the parrot. It is parroting sign. They, they can't, you can't speak uh, the way we can. And so... The Chavetz Chaim, when he, he quotes this Pasuk, 
And he has a very interesting observation. He says, what does speech make us into? It makes us into man became a living being. It was, it was a nefesh chai. In other words, we are the top of the chain. That's what makes us distinct. It makes us above the animals. It takes our animal body, raises it up. Says the Chavetz Chaim, the converse is also true. That the same way that your, the speech is what elevates us, since we have that power, it can also, chas v'shalom, God forbid, it can make us worse than the animals. Because an animal, it's another thing as an evil animal. There's animals that do very dangerous and sad things, and therefore sometimes we have to take care of them. But it's not a shark is not evil for biting. Snake is not evil for poisoning someone. A person, because we have this amazing ability to speak, it raises us up, but it also can can bring us very, very low. And that's why there's so much emphasis on on uh, speech and I'm doing my uh, anyone's following. We're trying to do a short law every day. Takes two minutes or less, and um, that's that. That is our essence. So that's why there's such a stress on 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 not gossiping. There's such a stress in uh, in Judaism on on maintaining a refined way of speech and 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 praying and and, and talking your Torah study. That was idea number three. Now this one I never heard before until this year. I, I saw it inside this afternoon. So in chapter 2, verses 21 and 22, listen to this. It says, talking about the formation, God originally made one human being. So there's two opinions. Some say that uh, the first human was one side male, one side female. And then in these verses, when God does his surgery, he just separates them and complete and then finishes them. According to the other opinion, uh, God took a piece of Adam and formed the whole woman from that. Whatever you're going to say, this is what the Pasuk says. God casts a deep sleep upon the man, and he slept, and he took one of his sides, and he filled in flesh in its place. Fulfilled in flesh. So the different understanding is what the side means, like, like we just said. Then, then God fashioned the side that he had taken from the man into a woman, and he brought her to the man. So, I saw from the Todos Yitzchak, you usually don't see things from the Todos Yitzchak, the Todos Yitzchak says, he takes this, you know, there's many, this ayin upon the Torah, 70 ways of looking at uh, any verse in the Torah, that's a, the concept of 70 is, is not specifically 70, it means many, uh, I mean, it's, it's all-encompassing. So, Tolis Yitzchak says, this was, they're about to enter a marriage here, right? They're about, he's about to enter the first human, the first real relationship, man and a woman. What's the first thing that we say about this? What, how does this relationship start? I'll say it in Hebrew because it's a little, a little more, more, more powerful. God cast a deep sleep upon the man, and he slept. What do you have to do, says the Torah Yitzchak, 
to be successful in your relationship, and this one obviously is a marriage, but in any relationship, sometimes you have to be in a order to be able to look the other way and let things go and not be judgmental and not take things personal. You have to be able to put yourself in a deep sleep. Make yourself unconscious to the thing that you saw. It's a hard thing, but that's the message. You need to make yourself unconscious to something because once you let it get into your conscious, it's like, and you see this sometimes with great people, like someone will, something will, someone did something wrong or someone says something wrong. So we're talking about like, I don't want to see, I don't want to hear it. I don't want it. It's not true. It's not true. And I, I have a rabbi who one time I was discussing with him. He's like, I don't want to hear it. It's not true. I thought, I don't want it to, cause, cause, cause we're human beings. Once things enter our conscious, it's very hard to make it not, to make it not real. Very hard to get rid of it. That's the challenge that we have of, of so much media now. Most of it just goes in without or even, or even wanting it to, that it's there. So that's the message of a totus Yitzchak. You want to be successful in your relationships, recognize from the very beginning, and even sometimes the very beginning. Don't, in other words, even at the beginning. A lot of times you think you're at the beginning, it's Hollywood, it's, 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 uh, everything is, is perfect. No, says the, the Torah, the, even at the very beginning, no one's perfect. They're going to have to be unconscious. Sometimes not only be unconscious, go in a deep sleep. And then it doesn't say that. He says, deep sleep, and he slept. You continue doing it. You may, there's certain things you may just have to, and it's about other people, and it's also about yourself. Some things about yourself you have to be able to learn to live with. Okay, let's keep going here. So in chapter three, here we have the story, famous story, Adam and Eve and the snake eating from the, yeah, yeah, you have the tree of knowledge, tree of life. You all know the story. So in verse, very long chapter. So I got the wrong chapter. Oh. No, before we get on to that. So verse 24, a couple of verses later, it says, um, talking about the way marriage should look like, it says, therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and cling to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So the Ramban, Nachmanides says, this is another unique feature amongst that is germane to human beings. The concept of having a mate for life, I think there's maybe one animal, there's very, very few animals, they, they even have the concept of a, of a pair for, for life. But even the ones that, that do, the very rare, I think I saw maybe one, I was in the zoo, though, doing two zoos this past holiday, kind of what, what are you going to do in COVID? You go outside, you went to two zoos, and... Um, so I think I saw one animal, it was amazing, and that animal stays with, it, with its mate its whole life. But the Rabban points out, whatever it might be, human beings are unique that their relationships are long-term, supposedly permanent, and they're not just physical. All other 
there's no connection. There's no, there's no emotion. There's no, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't, I'm not, a, I'm not a zoologist. I'm sure there's something there that they, that looks like it, but the connection and the relationship that human beings have um, when they enter the man woman relationship, that level there's nothing remotely like that. The concept of the the words that they're on bond is, um, excuse me, uh, fo fo focuses on are that they become one flesh. They don't become one. It's not when two become one. You know, whatever, all kinds of, all the uh, love songs out there. You don't say that about animals. And it's, it's, it's a real thing. You become one. So that's what the Ramban says. And, um, the Rambam, second. The Rambam is it's it's famous. Some people might say it's infamous. Maimonides, when he talks about the laws of marriage, talks about the ins and outs, the nuts and bolts. What does he say? He doesn't talk about any privileges. And there are privileges, but he doesn't call them that. Basically, says these are all the things that the husband has to do, the things, the chiyuvim, and these are all the things that the woman has to do. That's what it says. When Chaim Shmulevit says that when, what's, what's with that? Why doesn't he say, this is what the husband gets, this is what the, this is what the wife gets? And he said, this concept of being one, the only way it happens is if there's this cross, this cross focus. If everyone was making sure they're getting what's theirs, you're never going to be one. And each party is focused on what their, their responsibility is to the other person, then they become one, and then that's how it actually works. Because if I'm always trying to look, making sure I get what I get, I'm not going to get it. But if I'm focused on, on making sure you get what you get, and you're focused on making sure I get what I get, then that is ha actually how it works, and, and that is what makes us one. So the, the, when a person is in a relationship, obviously marriage is the paradigm here, but there's what to learn in all relationships, that, uh, that the more you more you focus on yourself, the less of Basar Echad you are. And that's the uniqueness of the human being. That's the uniqueness of marriage. It's, it, it's not a, it's not a, it happens to be a partner for life. It happens to be a lot of things. And all those things work out. But the advice the Torah is telling us from the very beginning, says the Ramban, <coughs> is that we, if, if we become one flesh, that's what's unique about being a human being. So look back in the first chapter. God is creating the universe. He keeps saying, Hashem saw it was good. Kito, it was good. It was good. It was good. About the vegetation, about the animals. And finally, gets the human beings. You hear we're like at the uh, the denouement, where you know we're 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 gonna end on a climax says God, God created man and he does not say and it was good 
about all of the, all of the things on the planet, in the universe. God says he saw it was good. It was good. He doesn't say about when he created the human being that it was good. So the Sefer Harikaram says famously that that's because human beings are the only ones that are, are created not perfect. A cow is what it is. A sheep is what it is. A rock is what it is. No such thing as a, a little bit of, you know, you know that most animals are born much more advanced than human beings are, but but there's no such thing as a as a steiging, as a growing cow developing their personality. Okay, it takes a little time, so very very short amount of time for for animals to grow physically, but certainly, uh, you know, there's no such thing as a as a as a morally developed snail. And the Sefer Karim says that's what Hashem is telling us. The purpose of creation, the whole purpose of it, God wanted to give to us. And he decided in his infinite wisdom, says in Path of the Just famously, that the, the reason this world was created was so we could come here not perfect and develop ourselves and then go on to the next world and, and, and whatever we earn is ours because we did the work. God created that construct. Talk about that for a long time, but that is this world in a nutshell. And therefore, the precisely here in creation, as perfect and impressive and supreme that the human being is, we are not, we are potential. We are a hundred percent raw potential. We don't come in at all developed. Person you know, there's a re there are reasons. Sometimes a person can come to this world and live for a very short amount of time. All kinds of esoteric reasons for that. But generally speaking, you come in the world. Yes, I will kind of shama tohorahi. We start off not like some other uh, groups think that we start off bad and we have to undo it. No, we start off at a baseline. We're good, but we haven't earned anything. We're we're at zero. Nothing bad. We're just zero. And then our whole life, we go up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down, hopefully in an upward trajectory. But that's why it doesn't say we're good, because that's our goal. We can't say, oh, we're great. If we have natural talents, it's no credit to ourselves. We can feel good about those talents. We can feel proud of those talents. We can feel privileged and then recognize them and use them. But the Seferi Karm is saying that is why the Torah does not say, and it was good it wasn't good yet it was pure a child is pure a child is not good a child doesn't really have the faculties to make full moral choices that's why at the concept of bar and bat mitzvah by bar and bat mitzvah that is the age when they now have achieved the state where they're able to make choices and that's why we're so excited because that's the reason they're living they've gotten to the point where they're able to make choices the um, Rabbi Shimon Schwab, famous rabbi in, in Baltimore and Germany and in the Washington Heights. So he brings out this point from a famous Gemara in Brachas. Gemara says, Dafid Zainam and Aleph, page 17, that when he used to talk about when different uh, Talmudic scholars would leave, would, would be parting ways. So the Gemara discusses different uh, farewells that they used to say. 
And one of them was, I'm just quoting, I, I think this is, this is how it goes, Olamcha tira bechayecha, which literally means your world, your, your, your life, your olam, your world, you should be able to see it in your life. Sounds like it's just saying, you know, you should be able to accomplish everything. But if Shimon Shab says an amazing thing based on this Sefer Harikar, he says the word olam is the same root as hisaleim, olam, that which is hidden. Says these rabbis when they part each other, what's the best blessing you can give someone? You should be able to uncover your hidden potential. Uncover, recognize, discover all the things about you you haven't realized yet. All the amazing talents, your your raw potential, your endless raw potential. As of Noah Weinberg, I heard him say today, his lectures are all golden. He says, you know, when you see a five-year-old, it's cute, could be nice, could be pure. But when you see a ten-year-old who's like a five-year-old, it's not cute anymore. And when you see a 15-year-old, be like a 10-year-old, a 20, 15, 25, 20, going all the way to 95, 100, things where we are here to constantly be discovering, discovering and, and, and actualizing our potential. Two more ideas. So back to the story. Eve takes the, the snake. Somehow gets Eve to take the, the fruit from the tree, and she and she eats some and gives it to Adam. Right after the sin, so the Torah lists what the what the curses are going to be. The world's never going to be the same again. Really messed up. They all messed up to to, to varying degrees. Chava's obviously in big trouble. What's the first thing after? The Torah says what the punishment was for for Chava. It says Adam gave her the name. Beforehand, that it, it keeps referring to her as a woman. The, the Adam names her Eve. Adam names her Chava. At right after the story, and what does he call her? Now, one of the curses, one of the consequences of this whole debacle. Is that now there's there's labor there's nine months before they had a baby right away all process boom so one of the consequences oh discussion why how that's a consequence but what the consequence is one of them is that there's there's labor and all that goes with that which essentially means that in a much more real sense there's a concept of a mother, a whole, the, the, the way that we see a mother today and the relationship that mothers have in a, in, that's unique to mothers much more than they used to be, you know, mother, father, you know, originally it may not have been that different. It wasn't this whole, you know, t- today a mother has a nine month, very, very intense uh, relationship, which she starts that the father can never replicate. 
never catch up to and it. never it's not just by nature it's a whole different thing so the whole concept of motherhood as we know it began with this story and there's something something good about that like everything that happens everything God has a plan everything's good so what's the first now Khan was probably feeling pretty not good not good mistake yes it was a joint shared mistake but certainly putting anything else aside she probably was not too happy about what happened probably feeling maybe a little bit dumb a little bit silly a little bit sad probably everything together and what does adam do instead of does not focus for a second on the consequences what's his knee-jerk reaction Adam calls her, you are the mother of Aim Kol Chai. You're amazing. He completely focuses on, it's not, it's not in denial, but he's focusing, looking at what happened, looking at the person, and he is, and, and Rapam points out, that you see, this is how you're supposed to help with someone who makes a big mistake, even if it affects you. Of course, this affects Adam big time. But says upon you see from here, you're not supposed to amplify the mistake. You don't even need to talk about it, okay? Maybe there's a time and place, talk about it. But what's the knee-jerk reaction? Adam gives her the name. He builds her up and says, you're the mother. You are the mother of all human beings. You don't amplify it. You don't even talk about it. You 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 focus on something that that, that there is to build with, and you encourage. Lastly, this kind of brings a number a number of the stories. So, there's a story we just had when God uh, kind of confronts Adam. He's saying, "What happened over here?" You know, famously, Adam Adam blamed his wife. And then what does Chava do? She blames the snake, and the snake blames everybody. The ones everyone is like this. Everyone's blaming everybody else. But there's another story. First case of sibling rivalry did not end up makes us all feel good about possible sibling rivalry. We, we may have had uh, pails. So basically, long story short. Adam and Eve had two sons originally, Cain and Hevel, Cain and Abel, and uh, they both are bringing sacrifices to God. Uh, Abel brings a more uh, appropriate one, and Cain doesn't, and Cain becomes jealous, and he killed, he, not on purpose, but certainly wasn't uh, acting in a refined way, but he, <laughs> he does kill uh, his brother. What God, quote unquote, finds Cain and says to him, "Why are you so upset? Why the long face? Improve and you'll be forgiven." Soporno points out. The Soporno points out over here that what God is telling us what the appropriate reaction is when you even when you kill somebody. The reaction is not to wallow. Okay? There's a little time to regret something. But the focus is 
says Hashem to Cain was first of all in the story of Adam and Eve, he says, don't blame anybody. That's not the reaction. That's not helping anybody. It's not to help the situation. But what is the reaction? Don't even be, and even if you're not blaming anybody, don't be upset. Don't have a long face, says God. Improve and you'll be forgiven. Says the Zipporno, Hashem's message is, life is going to be making mistakes. And you have to accept that. And the way to, to accept that is realize what happened, feel bad about it, move on. Go on, forward, 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 forward. Sheva ye potsadik become a righteous person <coughs> falls seven times and gets up an eighth. This also is the defining we talked about a little bit uh, maybe beginning this week or last week. No, I think the before some Torah. What's the defining difference? You see now, remember, King Saul was great. King David was great. But what's the defining difference? What's their defining moments? King Saul makes a big mistake. Whatever it was, Samuel told him to go kill out the nation of Amalek. It doesn't happen. What happens when Saul and when Samuel the prophet confronts um, confronts uh, Saul, King Saul? King Saul blames other people. He's he's, he's perfectionist. He's not. He's not. He's not, he's not uh, learning from the situation. He's not moving on from it. And maybe he would have been okay if he would have owned up to it. What does King David do with the famous story? I mean, it's, a, it's a complicated story, but there is a, to some degree, whatever it was with the story with, with, with Pasheva. What does right away David do as soon as it hits him that he did something wrong? He says, Chatasi, Chatasi, I sinned. That's the way we deal with mistakes. We, from the very beginning, Hashem is telling us mistakes are going to happen. Don't have the long face. Don't get upset. Don't point. Point. The words of the Torah are very powerful. Improve and you'll be forgiven. This is the nature of nature of the beast. Nothing wrong with that. So, quickly review some of the lessons we learned tonight. Talked about the purpose from the very beginning. God tells us. That we are created in the image of God, and that is what we—that's what gives us the feeling of respect we should have for ourselves, and the respect we should have for other people. Talked about what does that mean, image of God? The ability to make choices, specifically to give, and you can give when you take the time to understand people, and when you understand people, you can really be able to give to them. Talked about another unique aspect of the human being and I think what we what we're hammering home here is that it's important to recognize the uniqueness of the human being. Nothing wrong with being nice to animals, nothing wrong with taking care of animals, but not we need to the more we realize how important we are, we'll act act in kind. So uh the uncleus had said that speech is another one of our defining characteristics. It raises us up. If we use it wrongly, it lowers us. We talked about the idea in relationships sometimes being unconscious to certain things. So you don't even notice them, you know, about yourself, about others. Talked about the idea of if you want to be in a 
you're of one flesh. The way, the way you do that is by focusing on what you can give to the other person and, and uh, likewise them, them to you. Talked about how the human being was created imperfect. Not that we didn't, we're, we're nothing wrong with us, but we're raw potential. We're all potential. And uh, that's what life's about. And we, should, we have to find that. We talked about if someone makes a mistake, what to do, you can build them up, you can focus on something good and help them move on from it. We said that also applies to ourselves. When they make the mistakes, God says, improve and you'll be forgiven. Have a wonderful Shabbos. We should be zeichel. We should merit to uh, to learn learn lots of Torah this year. Everyone should be happy and healthy. And uh, the, right now, there's a lot of people we know who need um, speedy recoveries, and people should stay healthy and have a, a good Shabbos.